I'd like to insert a little notice here about the skipping that you'll be hearing as you listen to the show tonight. Uh, if you've been listening for the past few shows, you've noticed it every single night. I am trying to troubleshoot the situation and figure out where the problem is coming from. So I am aware of it, and I do appreciate your patience as we work out this bug. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy them on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Start things out tonight. We're going to go back in time a little bit. Back, uh, oh, I don't know, what, three years now since Hurricane Katrina uh, happened. And, of course, subsequently, some might believe that it was Katrina that did all the damage in New Orleans. And I'm sure Katrina did some damage. But the vast majority of the damage was brought on by the failure of the federal government's Army Corps of Engineers in order to uh, to build correctly or to maintain correctly the levee system. Right. So that's where all the flooding came from. That's where all the problems came from. And uh, it was at that time that we were on the air, and obviously we weren't in Louisiana, but we were covering the situation as much as possible because there was just... Obviously there was the human tragedy aspect, but the major media kind of had that part covered. The tragedy that they didn't cover very well was the tragedy of the failure of the state, the failure of government to do what its purported job is, to keep people safe and to protect people with this, you know, full uh, FEMA, this Federal Emergency Management Agency that purports to uh, to be out there to, to help out in times of trouble, to help out in times of disaster. But yet there was no end to the stories of b- bureaucratic bungling that resulted in people not getting fed, or not getting water, or not even surviving right. the experience. With the bureaucrats uh, turning around uh, trucks full of ice and water? Yes, that's right. They uh, they did not want any help from the marketplace. They didn't want any help from any privateers. And uh, so, yeah, they did turn those folks around. And there were just, again, it was just story after story after tragic, sad story. I mean, we're talking about situations with uh, with old people in a nursing home that were never rescued. They were told help was going to come, but since private people weren't allowed to come in there and help, they had to count on the government to come help them. And, of course, the government people didn't come. So, can anybody be sued for any of that stuff? Not really. Not really. Pretty much you just take your lumps and uh, government screwed you. Just don't trust them in the future. You know that that seems to be the case. It's uh, you know when it when it comes to dealing with the government, you don't have the same recourses that you do with uh, the the private marketplace. And we put all our trust in this organization that's supposed to protect us. And then when it fails, which the government fails at, as far as I'm concerned, everything it does. But um, certainly people would agree that it fails at many many things it does. Well, what do you, what kind of recourse you have? None. Not a damn thing. But they did change the head of the FEMA agency, Mark, and that was, I mean, that was so big. They made it sound like it was a big deal, right? Oh, we're changing. This guy is not right. We're going to move him out. We're going to bring somebody else in that knows what he's doing. Trust us. We've got this under control, people. And they don't. They're the government. Remember this. The next time something awful happens, you can count on you 
and maybe some of the people you know. But if you think you can count on the government to keep you safe, you're mistaken. Especially if you're a gun owner. Because what I want to talk about here is a video that uh, the NRA has released. Now, normally I'm pretty critical of the NRA. Because they are not a a total gun freedom organization. The NRA favors the current regulatory structure that we have. They favor the enforcement of the existing gun laws, the 20,000 plus federal gun laws that are on the books. So, as far as uh, being a principled organization, the NRA, not so much. But, you know, from time to time they'll do something right. And uh, in this case, they covered some of the tragic gun confiscation cases that occurred during the Hurricane Katrina aftermath, involving, uh, some cases, federal government people, involving, some cases, uh, sheriffs in the Louisiana, the, that, that particular area of Louisiana. And the first story that they're going to start with, and I've got the audio, I've clipped it out and, and made it ready for air, but the first story we're going to start with, actually, you might recall, Mark, we saw a video, I think it was ABC News, back during this aftermath, where the ABC News cameras followed around a team of National Guardsmen. They also followed around uh, some California Highway Patrol officers that had come all the way out to Louisiana to help out. Well, it turns out what they were helping with was confiscating people's guns. Do you remember the old lady that the big brutish cop tackled because she, she had a little revolver in her hands? Yeah. They'd come into her house, and they that she wasn't threatening them or anything like that. She had shown them that she had this gun, and they tackled her. This woman is so frail, so thin, so not dangerous and not a threat. That's the woman this uh, this report's going to start with. So we're going to go ahead and get this started here, just so you can have a uh, an idea of exactly what went on. Because if you don't believe this, and I'm sure there are many people out there that that just don't believe that these are good government people, these are these are our soldiers, these are our our uh, cops. They know about the Second Amendment. We're told that these people are there to protect us. They've sworn an oath to the Constitution, right? That's what they claim. Uh, So people believe these things about the cops, but the fact is, when the cops are ordered to take your weapons, most of them are going to go right ahead and do it, as this... You you had a friend, actually, um, who was going into the police academy, and uh, you had a conversation with her about this, did did you not? I think so. This was... um, You probably remember it better than I do. Then I'll tell tell the story. Um, It was uh, an ex-girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend's sister, was going into the police academy, and you were over at their house, and and, uh, she had a boyfriend, of course... And uh, he was gun owner, uh, sort of gun nutty kind of guy. You know, yeah. you know how the, those guys are. They they really like their guns. I I got gotta say, I kind of like guns myself. They're fun. And, but you asked her if you were told to confiscate um, the people's weapons, would you do that? And she said yes. And you asked him if cops came to confiscate your guns, what would you do? And he's like right in front of her eyes. Right, yeah. give them the give it to them bullets first. Is mm. you know th- this is how um, gun guys tend to be the 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 gun polishers. Um, you know it's that's the one issue that they're willing to uh, stand up over. So they claim. Um, yeah, so they claim. We'll talk right. about that in a moment. But uh, you know, th- there's there it was right in one little family. This uh, th- this this dispute. So let me get it started here, and then we'll come back to the issue of uh, the gun polishers and what they really will do when it's time. Starting with uh, this from the NRA, this is their report here. No one will be able to be armed. We will take all weapons. It was a human drama with emotions and tensions running high. 
Patty Connie is still trying to recover physically and emotionally. They really did a number on me. From the day police forced her from her home. It was traumatic. All of a sudden, they were banging on the front door, the side door, and the back door, and they said, let us in. She doesn't sound Patty tough. tried to explain. No. She was on dry land, she had plenty of food and water, and didn't want to abandon her dogs. But Now, before we go on, what did Patty do wrong, Mark? She answered the door. That's right. That's right. I don't care who's out there yelling, let us in, let us in, we're the police, let us in. If they don't have a reason to come in, they have to get you to open the door and let them in. Now, most people consider them... Again, most people trust the cops. Most people believe the cops are out there to help protect them and help keep themselves safe, protect and serve and all that nonsense. So they they go to the door because they feel like they have to. I mean, that's what people on TV do. Every time the cops come to the door on TV, you go to the door, answer the door. It certainly seems obligatory. But it's not. So she messed up. She let the cops in, and then she began to try to explain her situation, because they were telling her, you know, we, we have to evacuate you here. And th- I'm on dry land, I've got food, I've got plenty of things to drink, plenty of things to eat, I need to stay here to take care of my dog, please leave me alone. And cops uh, are, are sort of trained uh, that when I give you an order, citizen, you do it, or we use force against you, mm-hmm. period, end of story. That's the way it is. That's what I have to do to keep order. Otherwise, the civilians, the, the rest of them, those people that aren't on the blue team, they, they will overpower me. That's, that's how they're taught. You have, to, you have to be in control of the situation. So if somebody disobeys an order, then that person is a criminal. Moment. Uh, see what happened to this particular old lady. Of course, if you were uh, paying attention a few years ago, you know exactly what happened to her. We actually already mentioned it. She got tackled and her gun confiscated. But there are more stories from the Hurricane Katrina aftermath. More gun owners uh, in Louisiana who had their firearms taken, and we'll share some of their stories in a moment. Also want to hear from you with your thoughts on this at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 340,000 posts for you to surf around through. There's everything from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all totally free. Uh, So enjoy that on us at freetalklive.com. In fact, if you want to get straight to the BBS, go to bbs.com. Dot freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained to you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Uh, last night we had uh, Jason from SACL CAI, the, That's uh, right. the, 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 our, our big sponsor, on the show, and he said that... Uh, Last year, uh, the the consumer was saved through lower prices on things three hundred and fifty dollars last year because of collections companies doing their job, getting the money that's owed, right? Because if the money doesn't right. come in that's owed, then prices have to go up to make up for it. And the vast majority of collections companies are not a bunch of awful people that uh, you know hassle you and, and all that other stuff. That they just you know they're, they're just trying to get their money. I can say for sure, Jason is a good guy. Count him as one of the good ones. All right, so we were out to what, like 1 a.m. at a local bar, keeping it real with Jason? Keeping it real, whatever that means. (laughs) All right, so uh, you bring up anything. 
Uh, we continue with the audio here. This is uh, from YouTube. It's an NRA video. Now, I'll once again reiterate for those just tuning in, I'm no fan of the NRA. I prefer the Gun Owners of America. It's a much more principled organization. But that said, the NRA still does do some good stuff, and this is one of those good things. They're reporting on the gun confiscations, of which there were many in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, as the government has, uh, as the government came in and, and it, under the auspices of helping people, they decided they were going to help people by making them completely defenseless. I mean, the suggestion was that there were these bad guys around somewhere, running amok. and they were running amok and robbing sure people's... Th- probably true. Robbing people's homes. And so, therefore, to solve that problem, they decided to take guns away from and, all of the law-abiding citizens. And officers were getting shot at. That was another big That's issue. That's what they claimed. Sure. The cops claimed that, and they claimed that was their reason for... Were, you know, staying, on the, staying in their houses, taking care of their dogs, and had a gun to protect themselves. Right. So we continue with the audio here, and in fact, it does start with a little old lady, very, very small, maybe 100-pound woman, uh, who was tackled by the police. She continues her story here. They're banging on the front door, the side door, and the back door, and they said, let us in. Patty tried to explain. She was on dry land, she had plenty of food and water, and didn't want to abandon her dogs. But it didn't matter. If you see six or eight police that look like linebackers pushing you in a corner, you're, you're in shock. I'm saying, look at all my food. I got plenty of food. They kept pushing me back, pushing me back, and ended up like this. Then, Patty showed them a small revolver she was carefully holding in the palm of her hand. A camera crew was there to capture what unfolded next. In case you can't see it, which you can't, uh, they literally, this hulking, massive highway patrol officer just tackles the woman. She wasn't threatening the police. She wasn't raising the gun at them. She was just simply showing them the gun that she had, probably because they demanded to know if she had any guns in her house. And as we said before, most people are very obedient when it comes to the police. She'd already let them in her home. And so she showed them the gun, and then they tackled her. They shoved this, like as she described him, a linebacker, literally shoved her back against a wall with all of his might. She fell to the ground. You could hear the dishes clinking. And... In a moment, she shows the camera her bruises that she received from this particular incident, and they are absolutely horrifying. Yeah, old people, old people can't handle that kind of uh, abuse. And I dropped it on the floor. You got a gun. Well, they punched me in the face. They punched her. Look at my black and blue marks. Look at, look at what they did to me. They dragged me out of here. I really thought they were going to kill me. I really That's, did. That has to be very frightening. Yeah, can you imagine? She says they. she believed that the police were going to kill her. Protect and serve, man. We had identification. We were coming now back. Now, this is someone our, else. They're, they, there are probably about three or four different stories here. ...that we were taking the weapons out of so criminals wouldn't break in and steal them. And we've had uh, policemen tell us that that's what they wanted us to do, but not the sheriff in St. Tammany. They just wanted to confiscate them from us. So they got on the boat and they asked us, do you have any loaded weapons? Yes, we do. They're in the two back compartments. Wayne went to show them where the gun was. Now, if you're on a... And they didn't have a, a right to... If, you, if you're on you a boat... You think these things were, 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 were uranium, the way they, um, they act. I mean, these guns aren't going to jump up 
and shoot somebody. The, uh, you know, the average person with a gun is not going to just blow you away. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's just nuts to think that that's the case. Anyway, what I was going to say is that if you're on a boat, things are a little more difficult. If you're in your house, you can ignore them, or if you feel you must talk to them, tell them to go away. You don't want to talk to them. I think it's best to just not even come to the door if you know it's the police. But uh, on the boat, then they, they're going to board you, right? There's no way you can prevent them from boarding you. No. So they're in a tough spot. They didn't have a reason to take them. That was the thing. We did nothing wrong. But they took him anyway. He said, be thankful we're taking your guns here. Why? Why should I be thankful? Well, if they catch you with them on land, they're going to take you straight to jail. jail. Robert Zoss. And I think that was a lie, by the way. Yeah. I, aren't you allowed? I, I believe, according to uh, Louisiana's constitution, you're allowed to carry a uh, gun on your hip. I'm not sure about that, but uh, the woman that they stole Many the guns these- from... Many of these states that allow that, they don't. Um, the, the, the Constitution allows it. The, the government officials do not. I think the, uh, the woman that we first heard from was not taken to jail. She was just simply removed from her home. So, oh, you mean the woman who was punched in the face yeah. by the police? Yeah. So they probably were just lying to try to make him feel better somehow about taking his guns away from him. Was forced to evacuate when a tree destroyed both of his family's homes. This is a different guy. Loaded with dogs. Kids, people. Then, as they were exiting through downtown, the unexpected happened. These cops came out of nowhere, said stop, and asked, uh, do we have weapons in the car? And I told him, yeah, I do. He said, get out the vehicle. Had us all sit cross-legged in front while they searched the vehicle. I had a 22 long rifle. My uh, tenant's girlfriend had a 22 pearl handle revolver given to her by her grandmother or grandfather. But Robert couldn't believe what he watched police do next to his rifle and his friend's pearl handle revolver. And we'll find out what that was here in moments. Now, just think for yourself. These are cops, and they're just following orders, right? If you talk to the police, uh, these sort of uh, run-of-the-mill cops, not the real outstanding ones that occasionally we'll call this show, uh, the ones that understand liberty, these run-of-the-mill cops, they're just following orders, right? So you'd think they'd follow orders in, a, in some way that it... That, oh, I don't know, respected the people that they were dealing with? Well, you've got your first hint in that the woman the, earl- the woman earlier was punched in the face and beaten by the police as she was drugged from her home. So it's clear they're not quite so friendly. But not only are they not friendly, they're also just downright rude, and they do some very unnecessary things. We'll find out what they did to the guns here in a moment. Remember, pearl-handled pistol. Uh, more coming up. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy them on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. You see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is April the 11th through the 13th. It's coming up real soon, folks, next weekend. 
at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m. It's $10 per person. That's K-N-O-B CreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. All right, 800-259-9231 if you want to chime in on this story uh, from the NRA about the gun confiscations that was uh, that went on after Katrina. Hurricane Katrina, of course, uh, ravaged the Louisiana area and, I guess, uh, a good chunk of Mississippi as well. But the cops, whose supposed job is to protect and serve, actually went, a- went around and served themselves to all the firearms of the uh, law-abiding citizens in the area. I- I'm, r- I'm really sorry. Can I uh, interject really quick? Yeah. Um, the, apparently, the machine gun uh, shoot has been canceled. Oh, no. Yeah, it's uh, there's flooding. I've just got some pictures here, and... Uh, it's Aww. it's incredible the flooding. There's there's no doubt about it. This is this is a real flood. Um, so it's uh, going to be held October the 10th, 11th, and 12th of this year. Okay. So there you go. There you go. A little bit of an update there. Uh, so back to the story here from Katrina again. Uh, the NRA not the most principled of organizations, but they do do some good work. So let me continue with their news report. We're te- uh, they're telling different stories from different people that had their guns confiscated. Most of them, there weren't cameras around to see it happen. It was only the first lady that there's actually footage of the cops attacking her and stealing her weapon from her. The rest of these guys are just telling their story. And one guy... Um, well, you, you can... You, the just cameras aren't where um, these things generally occur. Uh, cops, bureaucrats of all stripes, seem to really hate cameras. They don't like it when people record what it is that they do in, their, For good reason. in the course of their duty. Look what the awful things they're doing to people. And uh, so, you know, cameras just generally aren't around. So in this particular case that we're about to hear, uh, the, uh, one gentleman and his tenants were all moving out. They were, uh, they were pulled over by the police, and then the cops, of course, took their guns from them, one of which was like a pearl-handled pistol. Given by that, a grandparent. It sounds like an heirloom. Yeah, an, a family heirloom. So let's continue and find out what the cops did to these weapons. Remember, these, these folks weren't committing any crimes or anything like that. It's not like they were the cops were dealing with uh, hardened criminals here. Let's see how they treated these folks in their property. Saw them smash her gun given to her by grandmother, grandfather, just against the curb. The other things that they busted up, the 22 rifle they busted up, heed the warning of what this was. You know, this is like Australia. All of a sudden, boom, they got our rights. We left about six o'clock. They smashed the gun. Yeah, just destroyed it. Now, what what possible reason would there be for that? Well, um, just besides just being mean, I suppose and they vindictive. Could, couldn't necessarily carry it with them, and they wanted to disable it. I mean, that, that the would cops be couldn't carry it with them. It's not like she was ever going to get it back anyway. Um, well, there's a guy who tried to get a receipt for his guns. We'll tell his story here in a moment. But uh, but they had a bunch of guns, Mark. They took those guns away. It's not like they just busted it and left them there. They took the guns away. Well, I don't know. They're just being mean. They're just scum. Now I know not all cops are scum, but these cops were, whoever they were. Let's continue. They probably didn't even know their names. In the morning, we started across Lake Pontchartrain. As we came out <clears throat> under the drawbridge, uh, a St. Tammany Parish sheriff's boat run up with their lights flashing, told us to pull over. So we pulled over, and they, they pulled in about 20 foot from us. And they had five guys in the boat, and they had uh, assault weapons, and they uh, pointed them at us. Real friendly. And asked if we had any weapons on board. I told them, yes, we had two weapons. 
They said, get it to the back of the boat with your hands in the air. We're coming aboard to search. Crazy. They got the, the guns. Criminals. They opened the case and looked at them. I was standing at the back of the boat with my hands in the air. Automatic rifles pointed at you. I mean, you don't have any uh, choice. Exactly. He has a few more things to say, but, you know, the, as we were talking about before, the gun polishers, right, Mark? The people that are saying, they say things like, they're going to get my guns bullets first, lead first. Well, it's easy to say that. But when you got five guys, as he's talking about there, five guys pointing automatic weapons at you, what do you do? Like, like you're some kind of, I don't know, murderer or something. Like you've done something terrible. Like you're a terrorist. That's what they're treating these people like. What do you do? You do exactly what the nice officer says. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, you're going to die. Do you give up your guns or do you die? Because that's your choice in that particular instant. Right. And so most of these, all of these people gave up their guns. As a result, they had no guns and the state had them all. Now, Mark, what was the purpose of the Second Amendment? Um, to well, for one, that uh, people never, uh, you know, the government can never take people's guns away so that they can protect themselves. Um, they can provide them, their family with food, protect and, themselves from private criminals and and government criminals. out of control government. Right? right. You know, it's uh, it, it it says in the Second Amendment, it it you know, it sort of alludes to it, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be a French. So. Um, it, it it alludes that a man with a gun, a militia, is is just a group of citizens. Mm. Uh, men uh, men with guns keep us free, and I think that's from foreign powers and the domestic one too. We had just fought a nation, um, you know, just fought our way free from a nation that, uh, you know, that 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 kept a standing army, and uh, we we didn't believe in that. So what I want to, what the reason I ask you that question is. Well, if the Second Amendment was put there with the understanding that governments can get out of control and that in order to rein in said government, you may have to resort to violence, therefore you have the right to bear arms, at what point does it come into play? Because when you've got a citizenry that's so docile to allow and so deferent to authority to allow these so-called authorities to just come by and take their guns from them, At what point is, does it become okay? Now, look, I don't want to make it sound like I'm advocating violence against the government people. I'm not at all. I'm just asking the question, at what point... Right. If you have the right to bear arms and the police are coming and, and infringing on that right... like To sec- take them away. To take them away, like like the Second Amendment says that they can't, um, that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, mm-hmm. but if they are, in fact, infringing upon it, what does one do? Well, I can tell you this. If you use that firearm to stop the police officer that is trying to infringe upon your Second Amendment right, a jury of your peers in this country will put you in prison for the rest of your life. You won't make it. You won't make it to prison. Likely you won't. There will be a hundred more cops that come and you will die. So think about that, and I'd love to have your answers. I know there's calls lining up. There's only a few more seconds in this particular interview here. Let's continue. They took his guns. He He was being held at gunpoint, okay? Here he goes. I mean, they didn't just have them pointed from their hip, they had them up at their shoulder. They weren't going to miss. I mean, they weren't playing. So they said, okay, we're seizing these weapons. So I said, I want a receipt for my guns. Good man. They said, no, we're not giving receipts. We're not giving giving receipts today, citizen. Why, Why should they? They have no reason to give you a receipt. They said, no. 
we're not giving receipts. He said, if we give receipts, we'd be out here all day writing receipts for all the weapons we've confiscated. It made me angry when they told me to go get a lawyer if I wanted my guns back. That's when I really got angry. They didn't care what your rights were. They were going to deny them. It's yeah. not America as we've known it before. It's changing. You're damn right about that, son. Yeah. Sure is. And already has, and it's just getting worse. This isn't going to just turn around. No. No, this is, this is now policy. This is standard operating procedure. During an emergency, yep. as citizens, the time that they need their guns, citizens will right. not be allowed to have them. So it, pretty soon, everything's going to be an emergency, my yep. friend. You're right. We've seen it happen once. The war and on we terror. Will, everything we, changed on 9-11. We will see it happen again. And the sad thing is there will be people that will say those things, Mark. There will be people that will say, well, that's that, everything did change. What? We can't just let everybody have guns no more. More on the way. You bring up anything. Your thoughts on this. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on this site we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping with us at the store. Get great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies. Uh, we've got more, including products that don't even have our logo on them, like the Free Marketeer logo. Uh, it's very cool stuff and good quality products as well. So go to store.freetalklive.com and load up your shopping cart. That's store.freetalklive.com. We are talking about uh, the different stories, the sad, tragic stories of uh, gun confiscation from the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, where sheriffs... Deputies, as well as National Guardsmen, and even Highway Patrol, went around to people's homes under the orders of some bureaucrat who decided to take everybody's guns away from them. They went around to people's homes, banged on their doors, demanded to talk to, talk to them, asked them if they had any guns in the, in the house, or pulled people over and asked them if they had guns, and anybody that ha- admitted to having guns... Had them taken from them. And, and this time when uh, uh, this, this disaster was going on, when people would need them most. Correct. There were uh, allegedly criminals running around looting things and taking things from people's homes, so it makes sense for folks to have guns in order Cops to... Cops can't de- be everywhere. Right, to defend themselves. But it didn't make sense to the police, apparently. They went around and took people's guns away from them. We've just heard several stories, sad stories, of exactly what happened to the point where they weren't even issuing receipts for the guns. If the cops took your guns, good luck getting them back. They told one guy, They're just gone. you're going to have to hire a lawyer to get them back. Apparently he did, because at, at one point in the video that I cut out, he's showing off his guns that he got back. Impressive. So I don't know how much money he spent on that. He doesn't mention that, but it couldn't have been cheap. Nope. Hiring a lawyer is never cheap. Some of them wouldn't have been worth getting back. In the case of the pearl-handled revolver, the family heirloom that was confiscated and smashed on the ground in front of the people that they were confiscated from. So... These cops are absolutely out of control. They have no concept of the uh, the original intent of this country to be a free place where people can be you know, can be free to defend themselves. The second amendment's pretty damn clear that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And boy were they infringed, infringed and infringed and infringed. So many times the cops were saying this was all they were doing during the day was taking people's guns away from them. So what you want to, what I want to know from you 
And I don't want to make it sound like we're advocating violence. I am not. I think that we need to find nonviolent solutions to this problem. And I think that's what we're doing up here in New Hampshire, the Free State Project. But just as a thought experiment, if it's true that you have the right to defend yourself and the right to bear arms, and the purpose of the Second Amendment was to help people defend themselves from all kinds of criminals, including bad government people, at what point does it become okay to actually use the arms? I, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> Mass gun confiscation apparently is not a it's not a, it's apparently not okay when they come around to confiscate guns because no one did it. You know what would have happened if they did? They'd have gotten killed. Well, so therefore, uh, I say the answer to that question is it's never okay because you just have to do what the officers say. You you have to raise as much of a ruckus as you can, mm-hmm. but you have to do what they say, or you're 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 an enemy of the state. You are a terrorist. At that point, and you are going to die, so there's no okay. So then basically it's going to be like this, then, isn't it? They're going to announce some emergency is going to happen. As you've said, the new policy is if there's an emergency, then that's their reason to confiscate people's firearms. Some new terrorist attack or you know, something will happen. For something, them. something. Some natural disaster uh, will, will happen, and they'll use that as an excuse to come around and start taking people's weapons again from them. Maybe this time, though, they won't give them back. You know, maybe well, who knows? You don't know if you're going to get those guns back when they take them from you. So they they start going around taking people's weapons, and since it's unacceptable to shoot government people, then they are successful in taking the supermajority of weapons out of the hands of law-abiding people. Now there's still going to be the occasional gun that's going to be stashed away. Someone's going to have a, a secret stash, you know, AK-47 buried in the backyard with some solid gold Krugerrands, for instance. There are going to be those guns that will still be out there, and certainly the criminals will still have their guns. Yeah, yeah so you can believe that, right? Guns will guns will st- become that much more valuable too. That's true. So guns will still be out there, but most people's will be taken from them. What's next? What happens then? At that point, there is no check. There is no final check on the government. Once our guns are confiscated from us, uh, from from free men... Is it then open season, though, at that point? Like, if they start going around doing gun confiscations, can we then just start killing politicians? I, I, I just don't think it'll work, my friend. Hey, that's not what I'm advocating. I'm just asking the question. If they've gone around, if everyone knows they've been taking guns away from people... Is it then time, you know, time to shoot the bastards, as Claire Wolf would say? Let's go to your phone calls. What do you think? Matt in South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hi, yes, uh, Mark and Ian. I just wanted to let you know um, I'm in the military. I'm actually being trained to uh, operate nuclear reactors, but I'm not allowed to bring a firearm onto the base where I do my studying, even though the Navy has decided that I'm an expert, the highest qualification at handling handguns, they do not allow me to take a, a firearm on base because uh, it's it's against their policy. Hmm. Pretty disturbing. The military doesn't allow uh, a military member to carry a weapon on base. What kind of weird yeah, I, situation is that? Even though the, my, my personal firearm is a Beretta 92FS, the civilian equivalent of the M9, the weapon on which the military has trained me, they don't trust me to even keep it in my car, let alone bring it in the building. They, they don't think that I'm, I'm qualified to have my own weapon, yet they'll send me off to go do whatever they need me to do with it's, their weapon. It's just more proof that the government doesn't want someone having a weapon unless they give it to them um, at the time that they say it's time to use it. Now, Matt, you say you're working for the Navy, so I doubt you'd ever get into a situation like this, but 
if you were ordered by some superior to go around and confiscate weapons, what would you tell that superior? Um, I would actually, I would probably tell them that my highest obligation that I've sworn to defend it to defend the Constitution of the United States, okay, and let, that prohibits me. That's a good one. That's a good one. But what if, now Now we're going into the world of what if, what if the Supreme Court that's currently looking at a relatively important gun case that essentially is going to uh, interpret the Second Amendment and whether or not it conveys an individual right or enshrines an individual right to uh, bear arms or this, this weird communistic concept of a collective right to bear arms. Let's say the Supreme Court goes in favor of Washington, D.C., which wants to be able to control people's firearms, and says, no, there is no individual right to bear arms. Let's say the Supreme Court says that. Then your superior could come back and say, well, I'm sorry, but the Supreme Court has decided that there is no individual right to bear arms. So you are upholding the Constitution by confiscating these firearms. I'd, I'd probably have to tell them that I'm going to resign, and I'd hand them my letter of resignation at that moment. I, I Court-martial, sir, you're going to jail. No, they, they they wouldn't send me to jail, but they probably uh, put me on the next bus home. Does that uh, so they won't send you to jail for that? Or does that mean you're really? not a, not a member of the Navy? Uh, I I I don't I don't I doubt they would send me to jail, but uh, hmm. if they did, I'd have to tell them I, I it's an unlawful order. Very good, sir. Any other thoughts tonight on on this issue? Uh, no, I just want to let you guys know that. I appreciate that, Matt. Thank you for the call tonight. Let's talk to Lou in Kansas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lou. Lou in Kansas. Uh, Last night on your forum, I made a post in the issue section. It concerns the uh, Greensburg, Kansas tornado you may know about that happened last year. I do not anyway, know. Do what again? I don't recall. Okay, anyway, there's a tornado that pretty much wiped out a small town in Kansas. Okay. And about two hours after this tornado hit, they had the ATF in, they had FEMA in, and several other agencies. Uh, there were forced evacuations at gunpoint, and there was a standoff where a guy talks about how, you know, police and body armor, you know, were told him to evacuate at gunpoint and throw it and broken in and taken the guns out of them. So there hmm. we have, you know, some gun confiscation there and then forced evacuation. So I remember that story. Yeah, anyway, if you look at the listeners, will look on the BBS and maybe you can read the uh, short uh, article on there. Hmm. You know, try to get the word out. We're trying to get investigations here in Kansas into uh, what happened. But no one in the town wants to really talk about it. So Wow, that's pretty scary. So how do you feel about the uh, the question of what to do? What what if they are coming around confiscating people's firearms? What is the appropriate response? Well, look at Randy Weaver. I mean, he got off. I mean, they fired at the uh, at the marshals, and you know, took a took an act of Congress to get him off. But eventually, he was cleared, even though his wife was killed. Uh, and the thing that really makes me mad is when people do quote the Second Amendment, they never look at the uh, preamble. And if you look in the preamble, it says these this Bill of Rights is here to prevent the misconstructions of a new government. So I mean, it's pretty obvious right there. That's there to protect people from a tyrannical government. So would you so, say it would be? Uh, do you would you say it'd be time to uh, it'd be game on, so to speak, if they came around and started confiscating everyone's firearms? Would it would it be legitimate at that point to just start taking people out, government people? Yes, I think so. I mean, right. better it be uh, what judged by uh, twelve and carried by six. Thank thing, you for the so. call tonight, Lou. We certainly appreciate it. I'm just wondering when the right time is. I don't think it's a solution that's going to work. Well, at that point, they've already got your guns. So what's coming next, Mark? What know. are you going to do? If know. that's not the solution, then what is at that point? I'd love to know what you think. Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. We are launching into hour number two of the program. Bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-92. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you're just tuning in, last hour we had a discussion about the Hurricane Katrina gun confiscations that went on. And actually we were informed by one of our callers, Lou in Kansas, that apparently there was gun confiscation that similarly occurred after a tornado ravaged a certain area of Kansas uh, sometime last year. So you are apparently correct, Mark, when you say that this is the new policy. If there's it's, it's an emergency... Ha- of course it is. You know, once they, w- once they intrude upon your freedoms, unless they are beaten back in some way... I would hope that uh, the courts in, uh, could could beat this back, but it does. I don't see I, I don't see it happening um, in, unless they are beaten back in some way. Then that's the policy. So that appears to be how it is. Now they were beaten back in one at least one instance in the Louisiana situation. Remember, this was uh, part of the video we watched back uh, when this was all occurring. It showed the cops and the the National Guard going around house-to-house confiscating people's weapons. But there was one guy, happened to be a lawyer, one of the good ones, I guess, uh, who was telling these guys, he was standing out in front of his house saying, you're not coming in, and you're not taking my guns over my dead body. I mean, he was being, you know, puffing himself up pretty big, but they didn't. They didn't push it with that guy. I'm not sure why they didn't, but maybe it's because he didn't let them into his home, and he didn't let them kind of get that foot in the door, so to speak. So he was able to repel their invasion to his privacy, into his freedom, but 99% of everybody else let the cops in and gave them their guns. Well, I, 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 th- I think that in hindsight, probably the best answer to the question is, um, you know, do you have any guns, citizen, is no. I suppose. I mean, what do you got to lose, right? right. You know, are they going to tackle you like they tackled this woman? Um, are they going to confiscate the gun like they confiscated all of them? It's a good point. I suppose they could drag you off to jail, but if it's truly an emergency, they just don't have the time to do that. Yeah. A, don't let them in. Don't answer the door in the first place if you're at home. B, if you're in a car or on a boat, tell them you don't have guns. Then again, I don't know, maybe they'll charge you with something else, lying to the police. That's a federal crime. As far as I'm concerned at that point, uh, you know, a charge is something we can deal with. Just the confiscation of weapons from Americans without any kind of recourse, you can't really deal with that. And that was, of course, my question last hour, and I'll still throw it out there again. The question is, if they are coming around confiscating weapons, and everybody knows they are confiscating weapons, what do you do? What is the appropriate thing to do in those circumstances? Because on this show, we talk about all kinds of different nonviolent solutions to this government problem that we have involving, you know, of course, there's the political system, but specifically a market-based activism, civil disobedience, people doing things uh, that they're not used to doing, but don't involve violence, that don't involve, you know, striking out or lashing out at politicians or these uh, their, their followers in the police department. And I, tr- I totally endorse nonviolent solutions, and I want to reattain liberty using nonviolent solutions. I would like to have people evolve to the point where they understand that, that governments are coercive agencies of force, and we don't need them around to interact with one another on a voluntary basis. We need to shift from a coercive uh, order to a voluntary order. 
but in the meantime, while we're trying to help people shift that paradigm in their mind, because that's what it's going to take is a, you know, a fairly massive paradigm shift. In the meantime, if they start confiscating people's weapons from them again, on whatever the excuse is, I don't care what their excuse is. Oh, terrorist threat. Right. Oh, it's a tornado. There is no excuse for violating the rights of Americans, especially a one so explicitly laid out as the Second Amendment. There That's is correct. no excuse. So No excuse. So, the, again, what do you do? Because if they're coming to take guns and they get them, like they did after Katrina, like they did in Kansas, if they get the guns, then what? Then what happens? What are they going to do next? I'll tell you, what happened in Nazi Germany wasn't very good for the Jews. So, what do we do? What would you do? 1-800-259-9231. I don't think there's a nonviolent solution in that case that would really work. I wonder about that. I don't know. It's, it's hard to even envision. I mean, because it's because we've been programmed to believe this couldn't happen here, but it has. It has already happened in America. What if they come around to take your guns? It's going to happen again, too. And what if this time, no, sorry, citizen, the Supreme Court has ruled that you don't have an individual right to gun ownership. Uh, 9-11 changed everything. Now there's Which terrorists out there. They could very well do in this uh, D.C. gun ban They case. could. Now there's terrorists out there, so we are going to have to confiscate and keep your firearms. Then what? I suppose you could say something to the effect that I don't answer those questions, officer. Um, you're like, do you have any weapons? I don't answer those questions, officer. However, what that says to the officer is, yes, I have guns. Please search me now. And at that point, if they're going around confiscating firearms, you can't expect they're going to respect your Fourth Amendment right to privacy. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's all out the window. I mean, you understand it's already out the window. This whole Constitution and Bill of Rights thing, it's, they're dead letters. They're dead documents. They're only respecting some of it because they can't go all at once. They can't jump straight to tyranny. It has to be incremental. You have to lead the sheep down this path towards absolute hell one step at a time. So if they take the step of confiscating people's weapons from them, what is the appropriate response? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I mean, I, I, my, I, my immediate thought is, time to start killing. Not that I want to do that. Not that I think that that's the right thing to do, but what's going to come next? Then they start rounding up people that look suspicious. They start rounding up they can brown really, folk. You know, the, the, the whole purpose dissidents? of the Second Amendment is, to, uh, you know, is, is so that the citizens have a final check on the government. That's it. You know, right. when, when they finally get out of control, that's when you can use the guns. And... You know, we've we've gotten so far from the time that we wrote the Constitution and the feelings that uh, the founding fathers had about overbearing government that and the fear that people uh, that, that the founding fathers had of government in general. Now, the government is the savior. It is dad. It is mom. And to to, to raise your I mean, raise your hand at dad or mom. Mm-hmm. It's it's, un, it's unconscionable. The citizens would, yeah, most of them probably would go along with it. They'd probably, they'd probably reluctantly hand over their, their firearms, but they'd say, well, they must have a good reason for this. Or, I'm having, my, I'm having guns pointed at me, so I have to give them up. That's what that one guy said. He had uh, automatic rifles being pointed at him. He couldn't possibly have fought back in that instance. That's how they'll do it. He would have been killed. So that's why I say it would have to be after the fact. It would have to be those people that had guns stored somewhere or stashed, stashed somewhere uh, that would have to do something. 
What if they started taking, you know, nobody has guns anymore, or at least the law-abiding citizens don't anymore. Criminals, of course, would be running wild at that point. So then criminals start doing more crime because, well, no one can defend themselves. Because that's what happened in, in, in England. And the government could use that to crank down even further. Well, now there's all this crime. We've got to really crack down. What if... What if dissenters start get ra- getting rounded uh, rounded up? What if they shut down Free Talk Live and shut down Lou Rockwell's blog and shut down you know various different dissenting right. organizations? If, if they get if if they compromise the Second Amendment, uh, if, you know, do away with it, just completely obliterate the Second Amendment because There's nothing standing in their way. Then uh, you know th- what's to stop them from going after the first, third, fourth, other all all of them. Nothing. As far Nothing. as I as far as I can tell, they've pretty much compromised all of them anyway. To some but extent, yes. What about destroying them? What yeah. about saying you know people like Free Talk Live simply cannot speak? If you're speaking out on the internet, we will find you, we will hunt you down, and we will throw you in jail. When you get word of that actually happening, if that starts, what do to we happen? do to stop that? What Kill do them. we do? You're going to have to start killing people. Either that or leave. You either fight or run, Fl- fight or flight, right? I, I guess. I mean, I, I sincerely hope missing? our government does not, vi- uh, you know, violate the Second Amendment. But it's it it seems clear to me that that's what, that is going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's happened twice now that we've just you know talked about, mm-hmm. and I think it's standard operating procedure. So, is there something I'm overlooking? Uh, another strategy that would be effective? Because the dissenters in that case would be a small minority, right? They always are. Most people would be, they just, okay, you can have my guns, just don't take my TV, okay? Don't take my beer. Most people are going to just get by to get by. Mm. And so, whether it's the dissenters or the people fighting back, you will be in the minority, and it may actually be public opinion. They're going to make you look like the crazies. They're going to make you look like the the terrorists and the dangerous people. I mean, then everything crumbles. It all goes to to hell in a handbasket, to pot, if you will. It's going to be... It's so frightening to even think about this. And I want to know, what are we missing? What would you do? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just go click and download. In fact, you uh, you can get up to an entire year totally free via our torrents that we uh, release on a monthly basis. After a month is complete, uh, we ch- we our, our, our IT guy, Rob, chunks them all together into one torrent and uploads it to the server, and then anybody can download the entire month all in one fell swoop. So the month of March is now available uh, at freetalklive.com, and of course, again, it goes back for an entire year. So enjoy all that for free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Attention, libertarians. This summer, the Institute for Humane Studies will be holding 14 seminars on liberty and libertarian thought at locations across the country. If you're a college student or a recent graduate and interested in thoughtful discussion and challenging lectures, we want you to attend. Participation is free. Apply by April 6th. Find out more at libertarianseminars.com. That's libertarianseminars.com. We go to your phone calls and talk to Dave in Athens, Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, last year I was sitting at home. I had just got back from a walk. Mm-hmm. And um, I the door opened, and it shut. And I hear a knock, knock, knock. And I was talking on the phone, and I said, who is it? And no one answered. And I was on the phone, and I said, I'm on the phone. And I hung up, opened the door, two police officers. 
at the door. Hmm. Hmm. And I thought, oh, geez, I wonder what could be up. And they were searching for supposed, something supposedly stolen that was at my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Did they find it? No. What was it they were alleging you had stolen? A guitar. So someone thought you had stolen their guitar? Yes. So you let the cops in to search for it? Yes, and they had no search warrant. So you let them in even though they didn't have a search warrant? Yeah, I wasn't thinking. Well, they're scary. They're certainly intimidating, and I can understand why someone would be, uh, it would be, could be bullied into uh, allowing the cops to do what they want to do. So many people around this country are bullied by the cops on a daily basis into doing similar things as you did. It's a whole, a hell of a lot easier for a cop to just come up and knock and ask if they can search your house as opposed to uh, going and jumping through the the hoops, uh, the legal hoops that have been set up for them, which aren't and really that nice. difficult. Two nights before that, there had been an anarchy thing uptown that they took over the street. I thought that's what they were thinking I was involved in. Hmm. Well, uh, now you know better, right, Dave? You don't let the cops in. You don't even answer the door, right? I know. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Because if you start talking to them, then they'll lie to you. Okay? That's what they are trained to do, is tell you lies so they can get you to somehow just allow them in so they can bully you around. They t- they tell lies is what they do. They're trained for this. So don't even give them the opportunity to lie to you in the first place because if they're lying to you, they're very good at it, many of them. You might just believe what they're saying. They might tell you something, well, if you don't do this, if you don't let us do this, then we're just going to go and get the dog. Or if you don't let us do this, then we're just going to go have to get a warrant. Well, fine, go get your warrant. Don't believe a word they say. Well, if you, if you don't do this, well, then we're going to do this. They're liars. But don't even put them in the position where they can lie to you in the first place. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. I've got a plan tonight. Okay. Hey, uh, y'all was talking about, uh, you know, perverts in, the, um, in our government office, um, uh, all you have to do is log on to LarryFlintsHustler.com and go to the March edition, I believe it is, uh-huh. and it gives you a list of them. A, a list of government perverts? Yeah, just a government pervert. That's good it's stuff. A, I know Larry Flint has been breaking a lot of that news or has been, I guess, kind he's of quite behind. a patriot. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, he really, you know, whatever you, it doesn't really matter to me what you think about his business uh, he has stood up. Hustlers and, can be a pretty gross magazine. And he has stood strong for freedom of speech. So it's a good suggestion. And thanks for the call tonight, Jeremy. 800-259-9231. Let's talk, uh, continuing with uh, Montana, KGEZ land. It's Dave. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, one of you people going to know you're captured already, man. Your little pea shooters ain't going to do nothing. You need some armor piercer, shoulder-fired uh, heat seekers, <laughs> some javelins, you got to be able to stop, Ambulance. you know, armor, uh, you know, M1s and stuff, you know. Yeah, they, but they we weren't sending M1s around. I don't think that's necessary. They weren't sending M1s to take people's guns. They were just sending troops, uh, you know, without, I don't even know if they had body armor on. They just had troops. Well, they know we only got pea shooters, man. So we got to get the rich guys. What happened in the, the revolution was the rich guys finally got pissed off. Uh-huh. And they started giving weapons to the common man. Hmm. 
and we got to get the the rich guys are on the other side because they're being protected by by this uh monopoly that the government got set up for for the money mongers man mm. and the only the weapons that that you need to go up against thing cost 100 grand a shot so you know until we get some uh, cash we all should chip in and buy an atom bomb is what we need <laughs> because that's the only time when they listen to you and like Iran and they do, they really Venezuela, don't like that. If you want to join you know, the uh, the nuclear club, you're right. They, well, that that's the ultimate Second Amendment, ain't it? And 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 then what? Then we have a big arms race again. Today, Martin Luther King was shot in the head, man. Mm. And and mm. every time somebody talks about peace and love, they get all everybody gets all upset. I think everybody should start talking about peace and love and upset everybody because we got to upset this world with some peace and love or we're going to blow up each other you know i'm with you there and that's why i uh, continue to advocate nonviolent solutions and dave and thank so you so what you do is you stand in front of the tank like in tenement square we do it by the millions of us they can't kill us by the millions and if they do then let them live in hell and they send us to heaven right you know, i was i was kind of i was going to suggest that this uh, this time cuz um you know i was thinking about that scene in gandhi dave have you ever seen the uh, the movie gandhi yeah, well, not the whole thing. It's but, long. Yeah, I know the story. <laughs> the um, well, at the, the in one of the final scenes, uh, they're they're uh, driving before they drive the British out. They are just marching um, Indians one after another into a line of police guarding this uh, salt pit, uh, salt mine or something like that. Uh, for whatever reason, Gandhi wanted the salt mine. You know, he's like, salt belongs to the people of India. And they would just march them in one at a time, and the guys with the batons would just hit them in the head and knock them to the side, and the women would, you know, take those guys, and, and they'd just put person after person after person up in front of them getting knocked in the head. That's right, man. I don't think yeah. Americans are going to be very good at that, though. We're all paid off, man. They're going to send everybody little $600 hush money yep. so they could do more to evil. And everybody says, well, if they're going to send me money, I don't want to cause no waves. Right. And how come you wave makers got to got to keep making waves? Yeah, why we can't you just our, keep we quiet? We get our food stamps. We get our welfare. We get all this, you know. Well, everybody's on the take these days, man. The whole damn country's on the take, and then they're upset because we're the greatest debtor nation in the world. They don't never talk about that, you know. David, thank you for the call as always. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What would the purpose of? Uh, I mean, I love the the idea of mass civil disobedience, Mark. But what would be the goal? There. After mass gun confiscation. To show just how awful they are. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. I think it'd be pretty well known then. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates.freetalklive.com. To get on it free, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Well, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help you protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. 
Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. Continuing to discuss the issue, and it's a pretty serious one, of what to do in the event of continued gun confiscation in America. They've done it before. They're going to do it again. They've done it more than once now. So it's almost a shoo-in that they're going to do it again. And the question becomes, well, what is the appropriate response for people that love liberty, people that love freedom, and don't want to allow, want to put their foot down, and don't want to allow any more of their liberty to, to be trampled upon by these government people? What is the appropriate response? And I have seen Gandhi recently, Mark, so I, I am familiar with the scene that you talk, uh, you mentioned before, where they had a large amount of protesters, civil disobedience activists, if you will, who were willing to literally be beaten for the cause that they were behind. In this case, it was the salt, uh, the salt mines, I yeah. believe. And uh, so one after another, they were struck down by the, uh, the, the, the authorities in that particular case. And it certainly was a spectacle, and it certainly did make, make a point. Um, but in the event of gun confiscation, they've already got your guns... So what are you going to go and stand up against exactly? You're going to go down to City Hall and just fill the City Hall and sit around in there? I guess maybe I, I maybe it's just a lack of vision on my part, and I'd love to be corrected on this at 800-259-9231 or give me your suggestions. How how would nonviolent action be effective in that particular scenario? I don't know. I, I don't know, Ian. I'm I'm trying to and add up- the dissident roundup factor to it too. Because they're not going to like people talking out against their gun confiscations. Well, um, you, you know, you're right. There's this video of this old woman who had her gun taken from her, and where's the outrage? Well, we're outraged. You, you and I are, but and um, who knows how many how people a, saw the video? Probably not very many. It it was you know it, it was television. It wasn't even YouTube, and I'm sure it's out there on YouTube. People can see it somehow or another. It hasn't gotten viral on the internet because we've been told all of our lives guns are bad. Guns are bad. All right, so people They're start bad, to bad, see. Bad, bad. I mean, if they start mass gun confiscations in every city in America, then people will start to see these things happening. Yeah, I don't so, think they'll do anything. So you don't think they'll do anything, which means it'll be hard to get the amount of uh, civil disobedience activists you need together in the first place to really stand up against the state in order to be beaten down by them. So that on its own would be a difficult thing to do. I I want to be creative here, but I keep jumping back to what you're about, but. I, 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 I don't know. I don't have a solution. Okay. That's a fair answer. And no one else apparently has had a solution yet. 800-259-9231. We continue with your uh, phone calls. It's Mark in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I, do, I don't mind to change the subject, but since you guys allow people to do that, I was listening to your show. I think it was the first, uh, and I was on the ground laughing when this guy caught up on his you know, conspiracy theory and ever trying to defend the whole cause. Mm-hmm. Um. I think a, pe- a lot of people get, you know, I don't know if they get bored, they just have a crazy imagination, but it's important in so many ways to answer things or to solve problems through reason and logic, you know? Sure. And, uh, like, when you guys cite, when you guys read an article on air, you guys cite your source. It, these people, as much as you question them, they just try to circumvent the answer from, you know, the fundamental basic truth, the, uh, the proofs, existence, and facts, and they don't have it. Well, I don't know. I mean, they do have some interesting things to say, and well, many of their sources are documented. It's it, it, all, uh, but the documentation is is a bunch of questions. It's not uh, facts. You know, how are you going to get facts about many of the things that they allege? Uh, if the government's hiding uh, alien bodies at Area Fifty One, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. How do I disprove that? Where do I get a fact for that? I mean, I'm well, sure that's, I can that's get. Why 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The battle logic. I mean, they'll, they'll yeah. create something, but you can't debunk it because you know there's nothing there too. So you got to go off of. Well, you know, yeah, that might be one of those things, but this is it's so the whole agenda, and it's uh, they've got leaders in the movement, of course, and they're steering them in whatever direction they want. And Ian, you brought up a you know interesting point. How much these you know Alex Jones is a businessman after all, right? Sure. He's just there to make money, and I mean, who knows how much he believes? Because he's still good in some other regards. He's not. He contradicts himself, like in the police state and the borders and all that. But um, you're certainly not. He's certainly not principal. As long as there's people there to believe it, then they can make money off it. Yeah, I I, I think that Alex Jones uh, absolutely believes the things that he talks about on the air. I would hope so. I couldn't do this job and not believe the things that I say. Um, I, you know, I get the, I get the impression that he's he's a pretty firm believer. That that that's what I've you know everything I've heard that's true. Now I haven't heard a lot of Alex Jones and a lot of the things he says. I don't listen to the show, and I, I frankly I, I I've got other things to do. But um. You know, I I don't think he's in it for the money, as it were. However, he is making good money doing what he's doing. Right. Yeah. I I don't think Alex uh, Jones is a is a sham. I think that he does some very good work when it comes to the police state. In fact, I was talking about this or thinking about this today, uh, to where I think that his police state work is far more valuable and far more persuasive than at least to me and to people like me than the conspiracy stuff is. And the police state stuff he covers is, you know, it's accurate. That's the stuff right. that's coming oh, from yeah. legitimate news sources, and he's, he does a great job of really following that. So, you know, there's no way to really scam that. That seems to be from the heart for sure, uh, in that he's concerned about the rise of the police state, so he brings that, that news I'm out. I'm sure he's uh, pretty convinced as to what his reasons for the why is. And the why is where, you know, the, the world is controlled by a, uh, a bunch of uh, Jewish bankers uh, called the Bilderbergers and the Rothschilds and, the, and, and uh, you know, whomever. And, uh, you know, they, they want to pare down the, uh, the human population to 500,000 or 500 million or something like that and keep us all in camps. I don't know how they propose to keep people in camps. I would assume that half the population would be guards, um, considering you need shifts and all that other stuff. Yeah, good I mean, luck keeping the economy running at that point, too. Uh, so, you know what, I, though, though, Mark, I wouldn't be too concerned with the conspiracy theorists. I mean, I understand your frustration in that there is no way to really do intellectual battle with these people, and right. nor, nor should you bother. That's what my point is. You shouldn't even yeah. waste your time with it. If they want to go and believe their conspiracies, then that's great. Uh you know, you might want to try to make a point or two as to why you think it's a waste of their time, but once you're done doing that, move on and find someone else to talk to. Yeah, I had another uh, point to bring up, too, or kind of a question. Yes. Have you guys heard of this new uh, HBO documentary on uh, John Adams? I've not, no. No, okay. Yeah, I've I know heard it's something that it's coming out. And it's, uh, I've seen clips of it here and there, but I haven't seen it. I didn't know how accurate it was, how, you know, um, it's Hollywood, so I don't know if there's like a left-wing spin or anything to it or... Mm. Well, I, I sincerely hope that they don't glorify the Alien Sedition Act. Yeah. There you go. No, we've not heard much about it. And, Mark, thank you for the call tonight. Certainly appreciate it. 1-800-259-9231. It's just not worth getting into uh, the, the arguments with the conspiracy folks. I mean, it's, it is kind of like what you've been saying recently, Mark. If they're on your side when it comes to liberty, great. Then, you know, team up with them on those issues when the time is appropriate. If you need the assistance, but there's no point in getting in a debate and trying to, for instance, if the person believes, believes, and you know how these people are, they're true believers, that 9-11 was an inside job and blah, 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 as apparently, by the way, Jesse Ventura does. He uh, 
He's one of the new ones coming out of the closet, the 9-11 truth thing. So if someone believes the 9-11 truth thing, why bother trying to convince them otherwise? What, that's just going to waste your time and theirs. I mean, you could be as persuasive as you want to be on that issue, but okay, let's say you fi- somehow manage to convince them that it's not true. What have you done, really? I mean, what have you done? You brought them back from the preface, uh, you know, the precipice of uh, falling off the edge into the rabbit hole. I suppose that's an accomplishment, but is it worth the time and effort that you put into it? Because it's going to take a lot of time and effort to convince someone uh, like a conspiracy theorist that they are in the wrong. Why bother? Maybe they're right. Maybe they're right and you're wrong. It seems like a non-issue to me. Don't waste your time with it. Focus on what's important to you. I know what's important to me is advancing liberty in my lifetime, and debating with conspiracy theorists doesn't do that one iota. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you want to support the show, then you should become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for all of three bucks a month. Now, the money comes in, and it gets reinvested in the show. It doesn't go to paychecks. It goes uh, back out into the form of, for instance, advertising and outreaching and uh, to radio stations, marketing the show, getting us on more stations across the country, and it is very effective at doing so, all things considered. I mean, I'd like it to be twice as effective, but all that will come with time as we're here longer doing the show, become more and more established. We've been doing a syndicated program for, we're in our fourth year now of, of syndication, and the longer we're out there, the more established we'll become, the more stations will come on faster. But the AMP program helps us establish ourselves quicker than we might otherwise be able to. So if you like Free Talk Live and you want to help us out, you'll get perks too, like access to the AMP only call-in line chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. So get on board and we appreciate your assistance. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of the AMP line, let's go to Ziggy in the UK on the AMP line. Hello there. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Crisis of conscience this week. Okay. Um, Zimbabwe, where elections were meant to be held last weekend, and believe me, Zimbabwe since it was given independence in 1980 has been ruled by a guy called Robert Mugabe, who mm-hmm. has run the country into the ground. And Zimbabwe was one of the more prosperous countries in Africa. Mm. He's trying to create a, a, a Marxist utopia and failing dismally. <laughs> And people are starving. They're burning plastic because plastic is cheaper than wood. Wow. Now, basically, it looks as if the genuine figures for the elections, it looks as if he lost. But he's managed to massage the figures, and it looks like there's going to be a presidential runoff, which he'll rig. More time to rig more elections. Right. Now, I don't like violence. Um... I don't like militarism at all. But sometimes I think that it is just to use violence when you're being oppressed. People are starving. I mean, what else? What other options do you have? Exactly. And basically, although I don't support state militarism, I do believe, and I wanted to run this by you, um, basically, you know, Get people get, you know, raising funds 
to, to basically get arms to, to those who are being oppressed. I'm sorry, could you run that by me one more time? Basically, get it, uh, raising funds uh, to supply arms to those who are, who, are, who are oppressed. You're suggesting that's what we should do? Well, I, I, I'm not suggesting everyone should do it. I think it should be a free choice. But I believe that this guy, he's just going to cling on to power, and if he goes, someone else from his ruling party will just, you know, take charge. Mm-hmm. And basically, the only way to overthrow this regime is by violence, unfortunately. You might be right about that. I don't know how easy um, it would be to get guns into the country. I don't know what that entails. Uh, certainly would be something for a, a very specific organization uh, with very specific goals and people that know what they're doing. Yeah, I guess that uh, yeah. I have to leave the, the discussion there, you know, in that arena for the Zimbabweans. I just don't know enough about it. Well, I, I'd also say, that strangely enough, Zimbabwe, before it was called Zimbabwe, it was called Rhodesia. And it was named after a man called Cecil Rhodes. It wasn't the dog? <laughs> No. Okay. But Cecil Rhodes, also the uh, Rhodes Scholarship at Oxford University, which Bill Clinton did, was also named after Cecil Rhodes. Hmm. And Cecil Rhodes used a private army in the 19th century to throw tribes off their own land. Now, hmm. I, I, I totally think that's an awful thing to do. Sure. But he used a private army, and the reason he used a private army was not to embroil the British Empire in any bush wars. Yeah, that makes and sense. And I think that's that that that's kind of ironic. Why is that? Well, basically, for, 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 you know, I, I I gained inspiration from. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I don't approve of of why he used the private army, but I do approve of, of people using private initiative. Um, in a just cause, if, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I do. I yeah. think it's the only way to get something done. Ziggy, thanks for the call, as always. 800-259-9231. As an aside on the Zimbabwe thing, just as an example, this is uh, fresh news from AP. How much does it cost for a loaf of bread in Zimbabwe? Go ahead. How many million Zimbabwe dollars? I actually just saw the news before I came in, and it's, it's lots and lots of zeros behind a, a, a five, I think. Sixteen million, actually, Zimbabwe dollars. Inflation raging now at more than 100,000 percent. Tomorrow it'll be 50 million. Uh, what now? Tomorrow, tomorrow. tomorrow it'll be 50 million. A hundred thousand percent inflation is what they've got right now there. Uh, now, Zimbabweans can buy three loaves with only one banknote. Authorities on Friday introduced a new $50 million banknote. And it's State essentially worth what a $5 bill is. I mean, you, you, yep. might, be able to, you might be able to get uh, three loaves of bread for five bucks. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of pushing it here in America. But yeah, you can get a buck 39 sometimes. So, yeah, you can do that. Okay. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, here, here it is for you, folks. Their $50 million note is worth about $5. The new Zimbabwe and, and the five dollar bill stinks too compared to the Canadian dollar and the euro right about now. The new Zimbabwe dollar note is worth one dollar at the widely used black market trading and can buy just three loaves of bread. It was the third time in three months that the nation's central bank issued a higher denomination note in response to record inflation. This is not going to end well. No. Uh, hyperinflation never does. And, and this is what happens when governments, and it's going to, you know, it, 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 it's, it's happened many, many times, as a matter of fact. If you go to Wikipedia and look up hyperinflation, you mm-hmm. will see the, the litany of times that it has occurred. Lots has of countries. Occurred. I've been corrected on this um, in, in the past, and, and, and I've learned my lesson. Hyperinflation is very, very real. I'm not saying it's going to happen in this country with the dollar. However, 
There's it some could. dangerous, dangerous things going on with our dollar right now, and I wouldn't rule out the possibility of hyperinflation. Do you think that in the event that there's no actual hyperinflation, but that the the pace of inflation kicks up, right? Right now, I think it's probably at eight to ten percent or something like that. Remember, you can't use the government's numbers to calculate inflation. So let's say it, the the rate picks up. Do you think that's when they're going to bring in the Amero? When they're going to come in and they're going to, because like you say, this Zimbabwe $50 million banknote is essentially a $5 bill here in America. So, as the, uh, again, the inflation continues to go up and people start to notice it, they'll bring this other currency in and they'll say, hey, hey Americans, here's the new Amero. Look, it's got pretty colors on it. Yep, well, that's and, what they're doing now with our dollars. Is and, they've added red, white, and blue and that and sort of thing. they can tell them this. It's more valuable. Yep. One Amero is equal to to $10. And then they'll say, well, you're going to have to swap out all your dollars. So every time you go to the bank, they're going to give you Ameros instead of dollars. And uh, then it'll be the, the transition will be transparent. I don't know if that'll stop the inflation. I doubt that that it will, but it'll well, certainly will distract. Stop, will stop inflation, but perhaps it'll, it'll distract stop, people. It, it'll stop the hyperinflation that's going on. I think that um, yeah, I, I do absolutely believe that that could very well be that that is a, a significant possibility. Yeah. And people will love it. They, they, you know, look, look, we got. How about the uh, the toonie? Have you seen the, uh, the the Canadian coin that's two dollars? I've not. It's two colors. Woo! It's it's uh it's silver. It's a silver coin on encircled oh. by a gold coin. I see. Uh, gold ish. Right. Silver ish. Mm-hmm. Gold ish. Because it's made out of pot metal, like the rest of all of our coins are. Because they yeah. wouldn't dare use real metal as currency. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, so on that particular issue, the government uh, people are, they're so easily duped. Pretty colors, new designs. That's all they really pay attention to. They don't. Most Americans don't even know what inflation is. No. They think it's a rise in prices when, in fact, that's a symptom of inflation. Inflation is an increase in the money supply, and now you've got them talking about. They're talking about it in public, nationalizing banks. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. So that would kind of be the first step, right? Start nationalizing some banks, then come out with the Amero. How, and then... how far are we from now? Very recently, too. Not I far. Rem- I can't remember the name of it off off the top of my head, but yeah. God, it's not far. And uh, what ATA Airlines just shut down this week too, mm-hmm. and they were bailed out a few years back. A lot of good that did. It, all our tax dollars. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We uh, will continue here with your phone calls. Mark is on the line in San Fran. Actually, no, he's not. Jeff is there. The amp line's ringing in. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Coming up in hour number three, plenty of time for you to bring up what you want. Plus, we'll talk if we get a chance about another drug raid nightmare. The madness never ends. Yet another person is now in a position of being charged with first degree murder for fighting back against armed invaders raiding his home. He had no idea who they were. They were the cops. We'll give you the story here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number three of the program. It's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls, starting with Manuel in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Manuel. How are you guys? Hey, you're on the amp line. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to quickly talk about uh, hyperinflation and how it is not something that you read in the history books. It's something that happens now and occasionally, you know, around the world. It's pretty common, unfortunately. Mm. I used to, um, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, I, uh, well, I'm from Peru, so um, I was there during the Tantalist president, who, you know, happens to be the president again today, but mm. anyway... Uh, this president was big on inflation. He was—he uh, loved to print money, and they started printing out millions and billions. And and when I was, uh, I think, in second and third grade, the prices would just would just go up almost literally every day. Uh, you would buy bread one day, and sometimes almost at the end of the day, the prices were higher. It was so horrible. People would go to the uh, to the bank and come up with bags of useless money. It wasn't—it wasn't as bad as uh, uh, Germany. Or at Zimbabwe, but it was it was pretty sad. I mean, there was a lot of unemployment. We barely made it. We couldn't afford anything. We had no electricity or phone. We we didn't eat meat for weeks or months at a time because my parents couldn't afford it. And it was just you know the president and everyone in the government thought, oh, if we print more money, uh, we're going to save society. The poor will have more, and <laughs> it's just it's just it was just horrible. Madness. Now, um. Manuel, the 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 solus de oro um, that that you guys had did they change the form of currency um, or uh, did yeah well basically we had uh, two currency failures within about ten years we had a uh, solus de oro and then I think the number hit about uh, five million of those or maybe even ten million and then they reindexed it so they started a new currency and they they made ten million of the old currency be one of the new one. But then they didn't really change the policy in the country. So they had from Soles, you went to Intis, and then I think the, the same thing kind of happened again, and they had to re-index it back again. So after a few years, the inflation was like something like a million percent. So we oh, had two wow. currency failures, two re-indexing, and indexing, and so now finally things are settling down, and, and that's the, Peru hasn't had a, a currency problem in a long time. So that's the so, Nuevo Sol that uh, yeah, is, is yeah, what they've got there what, now? Yeah. I believe it's one, yeah, that's what they have now. one billion pre-1985 Solus de Oro or, um, are worth one yeah, I mean, Nuevo Sol. It could Sol. easily be a number with a, uh, uh, an insane number of zeros. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I don't I'll, remember anymore. I, I, it's, yeah, it's nine zeros. My goodness. There you go. Yeah. And people are so financially incapable, their their level of financial intelligence is so low that they don't even understand what is going on. They They may understand, oh, well, we're having hyperinflation. They may understand that, but do they understand the reasons why? Do they understand that it's government's fiat no, currency they don't. that is at the root of the problem? The fact that governments can just create this money literally from thin air... They, they don't get that. And so the government comes around with their solution, which is a different currency, and the people take it, and they, oh, thank goodness. We're, it's great that the government saved us from this, this terrible uh, occurrence. We're finally on the right track again. Thank goodness for government. I mean, Manuel, do you think there's any hope for for the American people in this uh, in this arena whatsoever? Uh, it's, you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I don't think politics are ready to change about inflation and war and the welfare state. 
um, you know, it's just hard to tell. If, if, if things keep going the way they're going, it's going to be pretty rough. And people who understand it might be better off in terms of saving and how they invest. But I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's hard to tell what people are going to do. Hopefully, you know, the guys in New Hampshire will be able to, uh, you know, educate people on, you know, government intervention and money. But it's just one of those things that I'm like, I'm like other things like uh, sales and income taxes. You know, inflation is really, unless you, you get out of the dollar completely, it's one of the things that you can't really get away from. You can cheat yeah. your taxes. You can cheat on all kinds of things. But, you know, when the government controls the money, you know, you have less purchasing power every day. So. That's, that's why an alternative currency is the only real solution here in well, adopting it as quick as possible because it's almost a race, it's a race against time. On a macro scale, uh, you know, a, a value-backed currency, something backed by something, uh, will, will solve this on a macro scale. On a micro scale, what you can do is you can invest in gold and silver because it's a hedge against the government um, printing yep, more I money. I agree. That's a good point. Thank yep, you for the call. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, the Liberty Dollar is, has been rated, so even, even that's a little tricky now, so you get a... Constantly try to be ahead of the government. Well, they're and back in business, and they're not letting they're not letting it stop them. So I say support them. Yeah, they're back in business, yeah. but their their bank accounts still locked down. I got a check I can't cash from those guys. So they're doing what they can, but they're crippled. Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But whatever whatever one might uh, whatever loss one might experience through the Liberty Dollar is by nothing compared to what those guys are willing um, to lose themselves. Manuel, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the number for you. Bring up what you want. We talked uh, earlier about gun confiscation, and that should have been a kind of a hint to those of you that might be new to the show that you are living in a police state. You're living in it. I know you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it could happen in America, but it has, and well, it is. It, and if you don't believe it, and, you know, I mean, it, it sounds to me to some extent like a, uh, a crazy sort of word, you know, term to be using police state. But if you don't believe it, what's it? What what does a police state look like in America? Yeah, what would it what take? What has to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, checkpoints, because we've got them. Got that? That we have internal checkpoints in the United States where they look, uh, where they ask for citizenship. Um, you know, we're, we're, it's got to protect us from the illegal immigrant. How about checking out uh, businesses? How about raiding businesses and demanding files and paperwork on this, the uh, the employees? Absolutely being done in the name of uh, illegal immigration. How about uh, you know searching people uh, trying to travel? That's, that goes on, yeah. Yep, TSA, in the name of terrorism. In the name of terrorism and illegal immigration, we are going to have, like, the police state's going to continue to grow. And drugs. Don't forget drugs. Because yeah. that's how it all started. It's, I mean, that's how you're right, the drugs bulk too. of it has happened. And that's why I have a story here to give you yet another example of something that is not entirely uncommon in this country, because we keep having stories. There, are, there continue to be new stories, just like the one I'm about to share with you, all the time in this country. And I think when people hear these stories, they say to themselves, well, he was a drug user and I'm not a drug user, so therefore this could not happen to me. But it could. Some of these stories sometimes have to do with the police raiding the house of someone who they just, whoops, they just messed up and got the wrong house. The drug user's house was on the other street. They got the right house number, but the wrong street. Hundreds oh, they got of the people right, a year. Right, the right street or the wrong house number or the right house number, the right street, but the wrong building on the property. Or somebody just snitched. Yeah. You know, just decided to give up somebody else's name. And just made it up. Yeah, sure. Sure. So all kind, there's all kinds of reasons why the police could be at your door tonight kicking it in on the search for drugs. In this case, Radley Balco, who's Johnny on the spot with these issues. Yeah, he's the best. At Reason.com writes, imagine you're home alone. It's 8 p.m. 
You work an early shift and need to be out the door before sunrise, so you're already in bed. Your nerves are a bit frazzled because earlier in the week, someone broke into your home. Now, oddly, they didn't take anything. They just rifled through your belongings. But the violation weighs on your mind. At about the time you drift off, you're awakened by fierce barking from your two large dogs. You hear someone crashing into your front door, as if he's trying to separate it from its hinges. You grab the gun you keep for home defense and leave your room to investigate. This past January, that scenario played out at the Chesapeake, Virginia home of 28-year-old Ryan Frederick, a slight man of little more than 100 pounds. According to interviews since the incident, Frederick says when he looked toward his front door, he saw an intruder trying to enter through one of the lower door panels. So Frederick fired his gun. The intruders were from the Chesapeake Police Department. They'd come to serve a drug warrant. Frederick's bullet struck Detective Jared Shivers in the side, killing him. Mm, He's in big trouble. Frederick was arrested and has spent the last six weeks in a Chesapeake jail and has been charged with first-degree murder. Paul Ebert, the special prosecutor... That makes no sense to me. First-degree murder? Premeditated? For shooting a guy who was coming in? How do you know? How how is he supposed to know? Maybe they were shouting police, Mark. And and, um, I'll tell you... She just rolled out of bed, so maybe you Hold on just a second. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, um, if they shouted police, it's no indication. I was in prison with these guys. They shout police. The bad guys. The bad guys shout police. When they're raiding. Sure. That makes sense. How do you know, just because they're shouting police, that they're the police? You can shout anything you want. It's very it's a very effective system that uh, you know armed robbers use in order to to throw people off. All they need is the drop on you. 1-800-259-9231 will continue the story here about what is happening to this guy. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, at freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet the answer to losing your extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster and uh, forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. Normally when there's an armed gang trying to break into your home, shouting things, if they're trying to get into your house, your house, your house is your castle. That's the doctrine, at least. And you have the, the, uh, the right to defend yourself and your home and your family uh, from intruders. Unless those intruders are wearing a uniform with a badge and calling themselves the police. That's what happened in the case of uh, a Chesapeake, Virginia man, 28-year-old Ryan Frederick. It was 8 o'clock at night. He was drifting off because he has to get up early in the morning to go to work. And that's when the pounding started coming on his front door. He saw an intruder got up saw an intruder trying to enter through the one of the lower door panels and fired his gun, killing Detective Jared Shivers, who happened to be on the other side of that panel. Now, the 28-year-old has been charged with first-degree murder, and the special prosecutor, Paul Ebert, assigned to the case, has indicated he may elevate the charge to capital murder, which would enable the state to seek the death penalty. Now, one thing you can be sure of is the police, in this case, they don't have video of what happened. They will claim... Their word against his. That they shouted police over and over and over again, um, and it was abundantly clear, that kind of thing. 
But as you said before, Mark, just because someone shouts police as they're breaking into your home doesn't mean a damn thing. Doesn't mean anything. Some criminals may go so far as to get a fake police uniform to really go, get into the role. I think that that's going to be a difficult, um, you know, the, the, the uniform, uh, that's going to be a difficult case to argue if you say, well, I didn't know that that guy in the uniform was a police officer. There's a difficult case to, to argue. However, you can go to any police supply shop and get yourself a police uniform. No any, problem. Anybody with a pair of vocal cords can imitate a police officer yelling police. So at the time of the raid, Ryan Frederick worked for a soft drink merchandiser. Current and former employees and coworkers speak highly of him. He also recently had gotten engaged, a welcome lift for a guy who'd a tough run of luck. He uh, or a, a run of tough luck. He lost both parents early in life, and friends say the death of his mother hit particularly hard. Frederick discovered her in bed after she'd overdosed on prescription medication. Hmm. After the deaths of both parents, Frederick grew close to his grandmother, who then died two years ago. Friends and neighbors describe Frederick as shy, self self-effacing, non-confrontational, and hardworking. He had no prior criminal record. Frederick and his friends have conceded that he did smoke marijuana recreationally, but all, including his neighbors, insist there's no evidence that he was growing or distributing the drug. According to the search warrant, the police raided Frederick's home after a confidential informant told them he saw evidence of marijuana growing in a garage behind the home. The warrant says the informant saw several marijuana plants, plus lights, irrigation equipment, and other gardening supplies. After the raid, the police found gardening supplies, but no plants. They also found a small amount of marijuana, but not much, only enough to charge Frederick with misdemeanor drug possession. Frederick told a local television station he was an avid gardener. A neighbor I spoke with backs him up, explaining that Frederick had an elaborate koi pond behind his home and raised a variety of tropical plants. You see, now, I have had these, these same gardening things that, uh, you know, I, I had somebody come into my house. I know. I know what you use to grow marijuana. I use these same things at my house on uh, horticultural plants. I enjoyed doing that. That does not make me a criminal. It is not evidence in a criminal investigation. All I see here is somebody who was breaking into someone's house. He'd even given his... But if, there if, was an by informant, the way, Mark. If, by the way, the cops believed that... It had a warrant, which I'm sure they did, and they believed that he was growing stuff in his backyard, which is what they claim, then why didn't they go to the backyard... Why did they try to like bust the, in the front door? Because they yes, love that because stuff. Because this is the ad adrenaline fun that they have. They, they love this. And, well, you know, this is what happens, guys. When, when You're a dead cop now. When you play army guy, when you play SWAT team, sometimes the cop loses. By the way, he'd even given his neighbors gardening tips upon occasion. One of the plants Frederick told the local television station he raised was the Japanese maple, a plant that, when it's green, has leaves that look quite a bit like marijuana leaves. Yeah, I've seen them. So far, there's a, a picture here, and damn right they look like marijuana yeah, leaves. Yeah, they do. Uh, so far, Chesapeake police have given no indication that they did any investigation to corroborate the tip from their informant. There's no the, mention. The, uh, the bark, the the, the stem, uh, the the trunk of the Japanese maple is is woody, mm -hmm. as opposed to um, a you know a marijuana plant, you know not nearly so. Gotcha. There's no mention in the search warrant of an undercover drug buy from Frederick or of any extensive surveillance of Frederick's home. More disturbingly, the search warrant says the confidential informant was inside Frederick's house three days before the raid, which happened to be about the same time that Frederick says someone broke into his home. Frederick's supporters have told me that Frederick and his attorney now know the identity of the informant and that it was the police informant who broke into Frederick's home. So now they're taking uh, the word of burglars in order, I, you know, that's really great, fellas. Now you're taking the word of burglars so that they can get out of the crimes that they committed mm -hmm. 
to, to go after some guy who's, who's growing Japanese maples. Congratulations. Well, remember uh, the last story that involved an informant that we talked about was uh, Catherine Johnston, the 92-year-old woman in Atlanta, Georgia. Just a bunch of bullcrap. Someone informed on her, and that's all they did. They had the informant say something. They'd never even met her. And in that case, actually, they, they found out they made that crap up anyway. But... Somebody comes and tells them something about a, a person dealing drugs or selling drugs or, uh, or or growing them, and that's all they need. They just go right in. The judge rubber stamps the warrant, and they go in shooting and yelling and hurting people and destroying lives over a damn plant or over the fact that people want to alter their consciousness with something besides alcohol or nicotine. But we'll continue the story here. Chesapeake's police department, as usual, isn't commenting. But if true, all of this raises some very troubling questions about the raid and about Frederick's continued incarceration. Now, the special prosecutor, Paul Ebert, said at a recent bond hearing for Frederick that Shivers, the detective who was killed, was in Frederick's yard at the time he was shot, and that Frederick fired through his door knowing he was firing at the police. How do they know? Frederick's attorney disputes this. Ebert also said Frederick should have known the intruders were police because there were a dozen or more officers at the scene. But some of Frederick's neighbors dispute this, too. One neighbor told me she saw only two officers immediately after the raid. See, now it's going to get really muddy on this, and the police really will, because y- y- they, they hate the idea that a police officer's gotten killed. It just it drives them completely insane. And they'll tell lies in this particular circumstance. I, they, they, every single time this happens, witnesses disagree with police. Every time. And the police, even though there are witnesses that disagree with them, they still get away with it. Absolutely. Murder. They, they, people... They've gotten away with murder before, with witnesses around. Anyway, we continue. She said, this is the neighbor, she said, the other cops only showed up after the detective went down. There were only two cops that she saw prior to that. What's clear, though, is that Chesapeake police conducted a raid on a man with no prior criminal record. Even if their informant had been correct, and he wasn't, Frederick was at worst suspected of growing marijuana plants in his garage. There was no indication he was a violent man, that it was necessary to take down his door after nightfall. Nope. There's there's more to the story. 800-259-9231. This is going on. Right here in the they could have knocked on the door with the warrant. Land of the free. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. So enjoy the bulletin board system with over 340,000 posts. Lots to talk about serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com and the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live, as well as expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com and be sure you sign up by 
April 12th if you want a guaranteed campsite. Because what they've done is they've reserved a whole bunch of sites for Porkfest. Right. But they've only got them reserved until April 12th. Right. At April 12th, they're required to sort of release their control over these, uh, you know. They're, they're no longer reserved. Right. They'll, they'll no longer be reserved, so you won't be in the center of the action, um, as, as it were. Plus, from what I understand, it's it, it's Bike Week or in or around Bike Week for yeah. Porkfest. It is Bike and Week. There's a triathlon going on um, in the immediate vicinity, so therefore there's going to be a lot of people uh, camping. They're expecting people these to are the snatch sort of up people these that sites. Will camp, you know? right. They're expecting people to snatch up these campsites. So if you wait until after April 12th to reserve your campsite, then it's a crapshoot as to yep. whether or not you'll get one or get one anywhere. I've got near, mine already. Get one near the Free Staters. So I would highly recommend you go to porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com to get all the details and get signed up. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be broadcasting live and really looking forward to uh, meeting a, a bunch of you again and some of you for the first time. So our number here is 800-259-9231. The story is coming out of Chesapeake, and the man is a 28-year-old, Ryan Frederick. He's still alive, but the cop isn't. Uh, the sergeant in this particular case, or the, the detective... He's dead. But why was he killed? Well, he was breaking into this man's home at 8 o'clock at night. He was already going to sleep at the time the the house was being broken into. They were trying to bust in his door, and as one of them was coming in, he shot the guy. He didn't know they were the cops. How can you tell they're the police if they're just yelling police and busting in your door? Right. It could be a criminal gang, and in this case, I believe the police are a criminal gang. Well, certainly the uh, the, the the superiors who um, you know whose policy it is to do just this, you know, they very well could set up a new policy, and, uh, you know, where we knock on people's doors in some cases. This guy was. Has never committed a crime. Never once. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea—it's—it's it's ludicrous that they were doing this SWAT team door kicking in nonsense, and uh, y- you know, some some poor detective, um, some some little guy with a family, is now dead as a result it's of time- this. Silly, silly, silly policy. This war on drugs is the silly policy that's resulting in so much human tragedy. Uh, most of it is innocent people uh, or drug users, that, and they're innocent too. They haven't done anything to another person. People that have not harmed others having their lives ruined by the police. Not all of them get killed, but hundreds of thousands of them every year. In fact, 1.5 million people total uh, were arrested in 2006 for, or 2007, it's about the same amount. It keeps going up every year, actually. Yeah. But uh, 1.5 million people a year arrested on drug crimes. That gives them a drug conviction and therefore... Makes it that much harder to, uh, for them to get, to get a legitimate job. work. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they, they uh, you know, always talk about recidivant rates uh, when it comes to uh, criminals. Oh, I wonder why. And the more these cops do these raids, the more often cops are going to die. These cops, this guy in this particular case, and the cops that have died before him, could all be alive today investigating real criminals like murderers and rapists. But no, they're kicking in people's doors and having a good old time at it, too, usually. Because that gets them off, by the way. They, they have an addiction to adrenaline, many of these guys do. That's why they joined the SWAT team in the first place. Because they know they're not... The SWAT teams aren't used against madmen. That's very rare that the SWAT very team rare. is called out for that. SWAT teams are used against vice crimes all the time. The raid remember the story of the uh, the doctor in Virginia who was uh, yes. shot... The gambling pool? With a, for a gambling pool in his office while he was on his knees handcuffed, shot in the shot head? Shot in the head, yep. 
The raid in Chesapeake bears a striking resemblance to another one that ended in fatality. Last week in North Carolina, New Hanover County agreed to pay $4.25 million to the parents of college student Peyton Strickland, who was killed when a deputy participating in a raid mistook the sound of a SWAT battering ram for a gunshot and fired through the door as Strickland came to answer it. Mm. In the case where a citizen mistakenly shot through his door at a raiding police officer, the citizen is facing a murder charge. In the case where a raiding police officer mistakenly shot through a door and killed a citizen, what do you think happened to the copper? Go ahead. Take a poke at it. Cop shot through the door, killed a citizen. Um, Paid leave. No criminal charges. Every time, paid leave. Over the last quarter century, we've seen an astonishing rise in paramilitary tactics by police departments across America. Peter Kraska, professor of criminology at the University of Eastern Kentucky, ran a 20-year survey of SWAT team deployments and determined that they've increased 1,500% since the early 1980s, mostly to serve nonviolent drug warrants. This is dangerous. Nonviolent drug warrants. That's right. These, these, we're not kicking in. This isn't Pablo Escobar here, people. No. Nope. This isn't you know somebody who's running a, uh, their iron fist over their drug cartel. This was a 28-year-old soda delivery man. That was his job. Sad. Anyway, in the uh, the case, uh, let's see, Peter Kraska, the professor, did that study. They found that over 1,500%, it went up over 1,500% since the early 80s. It's dangerous, senseless overkill, says Radley Balco. The margin of error is too thin, and the potential for tragedy too high to use these tactics, unless they're in response to an already violent situation like bank robberies, school shootings, or hostage takings. That's why they were originally created, the SWAT team. Sure. And, and you know, those there, I can see the use of this um, th- this tool, but that's the problem when we give government a tool. Every time. They use it for other purposes. Yep. It always expands. Oh, they break down, uh, breaking down doors to bust drug offenders creates violent situations. It does not defuse them. And Shivers' death is only the most recent example. And Ryan Frederick is merely the latest citizen to be put in the impossible position of being awakened from sleep then having to determine in a matter of seconds if the men breaking into his home are police or criminal intruders. You wonder how many people can honestly say they'd have handled it any differently than he did. How would you do it? Can you imagine just for a moment? I mean, imagine how you feel when you're getting out of bed in the morning or somebody something happens at night and you are, are, are awakened from your slumber. You're dazed. You're confused. You're disoriented. Many times your eyes are bleary and it's difficult to even see properly. Um, it, it's dark, people. Now, normally when you wake up and you're in that condition, there isn't someone banging at your front door. So now add in that confusing element to it. Add in the confusion of what is that noise? And then realizing that someone's at your front door. And then trying to decide what to do about it in that instant. How do you, do, how do you deal with that? What's the appropriate response there? <laughs> I mean, it, this is awful. If the, police, if the police weren't making a habit of breaking into people's homes... We wouldn't have to be thinking about how we would handle this situation. Then it would be A-OK to defend yourself in every instance. Because in 100% of the instances of someone banging in your front door in the middle of the night, it would be someone with, with a malicious intent. If it, weren't the police, if it weren't for the police out there raiding people's homes, then the only people breaking into people's homes would be real criminals, right? Right? Yeah. So then you'd be justified every single... You wouldn't have to wonder if it was the cops or a criminal gang. Uh, But then again, I repeat myself, apparently. Because I'd really like to know what the difference is. Besides the fact that the cops can get away with things criminal gangs can't. Besides the fact that the cops are completely immune. 
to virtually any form of prosecution for the awful crimes they are committing in the name of their precious war on drugs. And that you'll see them committing soon, as you predicted, Mark, earlier tonight, they'll be committing these similar crimes in the war on immigration. Soon they'll be busting in people's doors with guns drawn because there's an immigrant in that their house. There's an immigrant over there, boys, and he might have himself a weapon. Because you know those immigrants, they don't want to go home to Mexico, so we're going to have to arm up. Arm up. The SWAT Got to bring out the SWAT team now to do immigrant raids. Suspected terrorist in that house, boys. Arm up. We're going in. They love this crap. They live for this. And we're all paying for it. All of us. Whether your house gets raided or not, you're still paying to raid other people's homes. This is being done on your dime. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel like not paying property taxes. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become... Or uh, we asked you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier earlier. That's one of the things you can do. You can also uh, become a shopper at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So you know you need to buy stuff in order to live life. Buy it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You know Amazon, the world's largest Internet retailer. 41 categories to shop in, new and used items. Whatever you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut. And it's a pretty good cut, as a matter of fact. Uh, the lowest end, I think it's like 4% on electronics. Other stuff, it raises based on the amount of items that we sell. So we usually sell enough items to get around 8%, which I have to say that's really reasonable just for sending them business. Uh, so get your shopping done because you're going to get a good deal too. You're going to get uh, probably the best prices on the Internet and free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items. So there's no reason not to shop there. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. Let's go to your phone calls. Kim in Norway, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Kim, Norway? Hello? Yes, hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to call because, uh, you know, I'm from Norway, pretty Mm -hmm. uh, socialized uh, country. It's a socialized country, yes, sir. Yes, and I wanted to tell you that I'm... I have gone to to government school all my life, and after listening to you, I'm starting to question all the things I've learned in the school. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I question it more and more every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day I listen to your podcast, I I question everything. I I listened to a couple of months ago because on the archives, I, I heard you talking about the Norwegian lottery system. Mm-hmm. Every you know, like slot machine gets ba- got banned. Every slot and, machine uh, what is banned? Yeah, it's banned. Okay. You know, the government took that their license mm. because it was uh, harmful. Supposedly, uh, because people got uh, you know uh, sick of gambling. So there's and no is, of, is there no gambling in Norway now? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> After they they took the private the private uh, companies out of the system mm-hmm. because that was very harmful. And then 
they put um, they they they, they uh, wait a couple of months and then they put and then they put the the government slot machine yeah. in every mall they all just around the country. Every they, mall. They just don't want the competition. Yep. That's all know. it is. Yeah, it's really you talked to, I remember you talked about because you got a mail from Norway. And I just had to call in and tell you how uh, the de- development was. Mm, thank yep. you. I appreciate it's a, it. It's a criminal gang. That's what you're talking That's what these people are. They're a criminal gang that has managed to convince everyone that they're necessary. They're a criminal gang that has managed to convince people that they aren't a criminal gang. It's just amazing how gullible people are. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate the story. And it's so typical. I mean, I saw it coming. When he yeah. told when he told us that they banned all the private sure. slot machines, immediately I thought, okay, government gambling is coming soon, and sure enough, government you know put their own slot machines out there, or their own gambling machines, whatever they were. That's just how it is. You know, here in uh, New Hampshire, I was watching Free Minds TV um, from this past week, and uh, you can do that at freemindstv.com, and they were talking about a story that I hadn't seen yet. That apparently here in New Hampshire, they're talking about raising the liquor license cost. From a thousand dollars, or like twelve hundred dollars, to twenty-four thousand dollars. Wow. Well, actually, they say from twelve to twenty-four thousand dollars, but either way, they're talking about raising it significantly, right? And so, inevitably, there are going to be some businesses that will be benefit will benefit from this, there, because there's other stipulations about how much food you have to sell in order mm-hmm. to qualify, and blah blah blah. So, some people sell enough food to where they would wouldn't um, be subject to the new pricing scheme, and so of course those businesses are all in favor of this new legislation. Sure, because it'll wipe out their competition. Don't want those little guys out there competing with them. And this is what government does: is is it gets into the marketplace, one yep. of the things it does, and it limits uh, competition. To therefore, all of its politically connected buddies, their friends in business that might happen to own the bars in this case, uh, would be able to make even more money because they'll raise their drink prices because there's no one else around to compete with them anymore, and they'll raise the bar so high the entry, the level of entry is very, very difficult at that point, and only the most wealthy of entrepreneurs could possibly start up their own bar in that case. Politics is about rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. Or you could say it's about um, you know, giving good deals to one group while another group gets stifled. But it's just so sad to see this happen. And the saddest part is that if they do raise that amount, people will just go out of business. They'll just, oh, well... You know, it was my life's dream to have my own bar, but and liquor prices they... will, uh, you know, liquor and beer prices they'll increase. Sure, they will because um, there'll be fewer places out there that can afford to purvey it. So therefore, who generally uh, consumes a more of their uh, percentage of income in uh, in alcohol? Rich people or poor people? A greater percentage. Poor it's a tax on the poor. So, but but. Where I'm coming from on this, Mark, is none of this – they wouldn't be able to get away with this if they hadn't done such a wonderful PR job. This is a criminal gang, okay? And they're doing criminal things to people. They're putting people out of business. Mm-hmm. They're protecting others at the costs of some people's freedom and some people's business. Imagine that it was your life's dream to have your own bar, and you managed to make it happen. And then all of a sudden the, the rules are changed on you. And yeah. now when you want to renew Just your at license. At the whim of the politicians. Some bureaucrat. Yep. When you want to renew your license, it's now ten times more expensive. Whoops. You didn't budget for that? Well, sorry. Guess you're going to have to go out of business now, aren't you? Yep. And, of course, most of these people, they consider themselves law-abiding citizens. So what do they do? They go well, out of business. I did want to be a bar owner, but now I'm just going to have to go and 
maybe work at someone's bar because I just Suck can't afford this anymore. I'm just going to shut down the business. You know, it's at that point that I would like to know why it is more business owners don't just say, F this, screw these bums in government, I'm going to keep my doors open, and I'm not going to pay them a dime. They got my license fee last year, but this year, they're not going to get anything, and I'm going to keep my doors open. But fear of what? Losing your business? You're going to lose it anyway. Going to jail and getting some huge fine that they can't pay off while they're um, working uh, you know, on their own out there, I trying suppose. to... Uh, you know, trying to, I, I don't know, I, I assume that uh, some of them's family, their families will go on uh, uh, welfare as a result. It's just if people would stop putting up with this crap, this micromanaging of our lives and our businesses and our families, if people would just stop putting up with it, it would all be done. It'd all be over. Their illusion of legitimacy is paper thin, but it requires some courage. It requires people... To just say no, thanks, but no thanks, I don't want your regulations, I don't want your rules, I just want to live free. What's wrong with that? Why can't I live free and run my business how I want to run it? What's wrong with that? I I don't know, you know. In, in thinking about this regulation, besides what you're talking about, uh, people being run out of business, people that whose life dream uh, was to own a bar or whatever, mm. and many many people have that life dream. Really, sure, they want to have you know. It's sometimes they've had fun in bars. Bars are fun. Whatever, I want to open a bar. Yeah. Another um, uh, unintended consequence of this is of raising the cost of having a, a liquor license or whatever, depending on the type of liquor license, is that uh, since the price of alcohol will go up. Because, well, the cost of doing business has gone up. That's and right. They're going to make it back. There'll be less, uh, you know, less competition, fewer businesses in there competing because mm-hmm. fewer people can compete because the cost of entry is higher. Well, the cost of um, alcohol go up. So, therefore, the, the, the poorest people, um, you know, or, and, or people who don't want to spend as much on alcohol will uh, participate in more house parties. In my opinion, a house party is more dangerous than a bar every single time because... Bars have employees who are sober, usually um, some level of sober at least, um, far more sober than the uh, participants, you know, the, the 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 customers at the bar, watching over things and making sure, you know, tasked with uh, keeping things safe and mm-hmm. orderly. Whereas house parties, you know, the, the 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 host of the party can be just out of his mind, drunk, um, sure. and, you know, there's only one of him, or, you know, it, things can get out, out of control in these uh, house parties. This is dangerous legislation. Sure it is. It, and it's it taxes the poor, yep. and it, it, uh, it, it exposes us all to Put, violence. Puts people at risk. They do, they're just going to keep going. The regulations will increase, the control will increase, as long as people keep putting up with it, and it's time we stopped. Let's continue here quickly. Mike in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live. You've got about 30 seconds. Mike, Wisconsin, he is gone. Mike, going once, going twice. Okay, no Mike. No well. well. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we will return tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition of the program. You can join us then, and you can join us online any old time you want to, 24 hours a day, at freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night. The cynic says, I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. 
Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.